Hi, I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization, and some fun. Happy 30th episode, Autumn. Yes, happy 30th. And for our special 30th, we're going to check in on your paper. How's it going, Bethany? (laughs) But before we talk about paper, I want to say I loved talking to Michelle last week. It did inspire me to say like, hey, you know what? Even if I can't get this framed right now, how can I put it in more of a visible place so I can be enjoying it instead of waiting to get everything else in my house set up? I'm like, I really love that picture. Why don't I have that up? So you're ready to dust some things off and hang them up? Yeah, I am. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am starting to contemplate putting wrapping paper under the bed. Yes. Okay, well, you know what you're getting from me for Christmas. That ended bed storage <laughs> container. Merry Christmas. Well, when I heard that both of you know exactly what's under your bed, and when she gave the whole wrapping paper idea, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, because my wrapping paper is hard to access, and it is getting wrinkled, and maybe it's time to try. I'm really excited about this. If I have some fitful night's sleep, I'll know why. <laughs> What I don't understand is that I've been saying this to you for years, and then Michelle says something to you once, and you're like, yeah, sure, Michelle, let's put this under the bed. (laughs) What can I say? It was all of your influence plus her. It was the tipping point to say, now you're just being nice. I know. I Yeah. You know, I wish I had asked Peter Walsh if he had anything under his bed. That was on our list. We just were talking about so many other things. You know, he did say maybe he could reach out again. (laughs) All right, let's check in on our monthly challenge. We have been working on paper. We took a little break last episode for our interview with Michelle. In episode 27, we talked about how to reduce some of that mail that comes into your home. And then episode 28 was more about what to do with those papers that you do need to keep, you do need to take action on, and how to organize those. Yeah, we were talking about how to limit it, and then also once it's in, what do you do with it? So today, we're just doing a quick check-in. I'm ready. I have made some mini progress. So two things. One, I have been channeling you as I walk in the door. I've been saying, handle your mail right now. And so I spend a minute or two handling it right then instead of, you know, letting it pile up. And then I'm sitting there for like an hour in, you know, two weeks later because it's all piled up. So I have been uh, much better about that. And then the other thing is I collected some catalogs and some of those like offers that I want to follow up on. Yes. So that I can opt out of those like catalogs that I don't, I don't need anymore. The other thing too is I decided to try, you said this whole thing about two minutes or less, you know, if it takes you two minutes or less, just handle it. Yes. So I've been repeating that. I wouldn't say that it's my new launch lingo, but I will say that it's entering into my, into my psyche. It's entering into my psyche. I'm like, this is only going to take you a minute. Let's just do it. Just do it. So thanks. I love this new mindset. I'm just going (laughs) to conquer it. (laughs) I don't know if I want to call it a mindset yet. I want to say that I have taken on the challenge and I am trying to be more on it. Yay. One other thing too, I love your action file 
And I really think that I love my tickler file. I'm still going to keep the tickler file, but I like the files that you have in there, like to call, to return, you know, the ones that I don't remember them. Will you tell me what they are again real fast? Yes. Um, to pay, to file for like long-term filing, coupons, receipts, menu, one for my husband, pending. Oh, pending. Yes. That's the one in chat. So I have a receipt one Mm -hmm. now. I actually made a taxes one since we're getting towards the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. And then right now I have my bills in like their own little files, but I think I'm going to do that to pay file and also the pending file because I really liked your action item. So, and then it won't be what I do right now, which is pending goes in a pile that I don't look in again. Oh, your inbox, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, how are you going to make it so that the pending file does, doesn't become a file you never look in? Well, I think it's because it, I have to schedule in. I, I think I mentioned to you that I like the tick, like the tickler file. If you are not familiar with the tickler file, it's where you have a file for each day of the month. And then you also have a file for each month. So that if you have something that comes in, an invitation that's, let's say, on the 15th of December, and this is November, you'd stick it in the December file. And so then like each month you transfer over. So you start using those, um, like the first through the 31st, you start using those files for whatever current month you're in. But I know, I know myself well enough to know that I'm not going to look at it every day. So the, the weekly has really been working for me. And typically like Saturday morning, I like to get my coffee. I like to sit down. I like to check on like budget stuff. So I think I'm going to have to start incorporating. I also peek into the pending file during that like weekly session. Okay. I like it. I like the plan of attack. Doable. Doable. Yeah. And we will definitely be touching on paper again in future episodes. So we'll check in again. If you have any paper updates you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear about them. Now it's time. We're ready to talk about Christmas. I know it might be a little early for some of you. I think there's only like five or six weekends until Christmas. I think it's coming very quickly. I'm sure many of you already are thinking about it and planning ahead to your holiday schedule. So we're going to talk about how you can organize your holidays and plan ahead and really simplify your holidays so that you can decide what you'd like to do so that you're not overwhelmed and you're not stressed and you can sit back and enjoy your holidays. I like that. This time of year typically becomes busy. Whatever your traditions are or whatever you and your family celebrate, this time of year gets really hectic. So I I think this could apply to anyone. I feel a little similar to how I felt in the back to school episode because we all are guilty of this. We can get carried away with all the things that there is to do and all the tasks that we feel like we need to do that we forget about what the time period really means and what your most important things are to you during this time. I'd love to simplify things a little bit. Now, if you've been counting down for Christmas, you know, for 11 months, This episode might not be for you because you just love this time. You love doing all the things. That's great. This is more for people who January 1st comes and you feel exhausted and worn out. So we just want to stand up with you and remind ourselves that we get to decide what our holidays look like. I think that that's a really important reminder because you're right. It really does connect to back to school because it is really hard sometimes to keep that in perspective and remember that you get to make it matter the most for you. And if all of those other to-dos are just going to stress you out, right? how are you going to make it special for you? What's going to matter the most for you instead of 
oh, I need to go get Christmas photos done, or maybe that's not your jam. Right. So we're going to go through four action items that you can take to simplify your holidays and be more intentional with your time. This idea of really prioritizing and picking what's going to matter most to you. Yes. So step one is just to take a minute, maybe set a timer for two to five minutes. It sounds a little silly, but what you're going to do is just real quickly just brainstorm, jot down, brain dump all the things that you love to do during the holiday season. Whether that's go get your picture taken with Santa or go look at Christmas lights or make Christmas cookies, all those activities that just mean the holidays to you and just write those down. That doesn't sound silly at all, actually. I've never done that. I mean, I've written out, of course, many like holiday to-do lists, but I really like that. Like I've done that for the summer. Yeah, I was just about to say, we did this in the Organizing Your Summer episode. Yeah, remember I told you about the summer bucket list? Uh Uh-huh. What is it that you want to make sure you do? I really like that. So you get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, set the timer for five minutes and really brainstorm. What do I want this holiday to look like? In fact, it makes me think of Peter Walsh. What do you want from the space? What do you want from the holidays before you start like diving in and booking up your schedule? And you can also make a little side list, maybe like a second column of the things that you know you have to do. Maybe they're not your most favorite things, but you need to go to your work party or you need to host a dinner or the other items that you know you have to do. You can list that also. So once you've spent some time making your list of all the activities or tasks that you need to do, go back through and start numbering the activities by your priorities. What is one thing you want to make sure that you do? Like if the holidays were over and this did not happen, you would be so sad. So, you know, that would get a one. You know, you might not have time to get everything in, but if you could get everything in, what would be the priority? What would be the most important and what could come just later down on your list? So that you're able to plan out your time ahead of time and know for sure these are the activities that I want to make sure happens. So I like that a lot. And I think that first round, you don't have to edit yourself. Just brainstorm. What are the things you love to do during the holidays? And then go back and look through it and say, okay, do I really want to make holiday cookies? Like you said, prioritize. If you are on any social media, (laughs) the amount of options you have for the holidays It's kind of insane how many choices you have. A lot of times people feel obligated. So like you might feel obligated to send out Christmas cards or obligated to put up lights. Maybe you hate putting up lights. Yeah, you get to decide. You get to decide. After the holidays are over, you'll be able to look back and see, okay, I did not get to these items that were at the bottom of the list, but I was able to do numbers one through five. And that made it a really special time. So after you are done putting together your list, and the list making could even be a family activity if your children are old enough, or of course, with your spouse, deciding what you want to do together as a family and planning out that list together. So now that you have your list, we get to move on to step two, which is the best part. You're able to say no. (laughs) Once you have that list of your most important things, it's a lot easier to look at it and realize, okay, I have way too many things on this list. What am I able to say no to? This goes back to episode seven, decluttering your to-do list. So today we get to declutter our Christmas. I know you're not able to declutter everything, but you get to pick those extraneous activities that are not the have-tos of the holiday season. 
So I have a few examples from my own family of things that we don't do that other people choose to do. One of them is we don't send out family Christmas cards. I enjoy getting them from other people, but it's just not something that's a top priority on my list. So it's not on there. I choose not to do Elf on the Shelf with my kids, even though my kids have asked me repeatedly to do it. It's just one extra thing that I couldn't add to my plate. I know tons of people love Elf on the Shelf, and they have so much fun with their kids doing it. And so that might be high on their priorities list. And for me, we have lots of other traditions we do as a family. So I just chose not to add another tradition. You could have. Right. But it would have maybe. You wouldn't have enjoyed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I will say, let's see. I don't do Christmas cards at this point. I have done them in the past, but I just remember feeling really stressed about it. And for me, I wanted to do them for like everyone. Like I'm trying to send them to these, you know, these cousins who I would love to hear from and I would love to be in touch, but it just didn't. I think I may have even sent them out in January because I had so many to send. I didn't think that was the best way for me to like show, hey, I'm thinking about you. I actually had a friend once who sent an email, like they sent a picture and an email. And I wonder, what do you think of that? I think that's great. I say, put your picture on Facebook and say Merry Christmas. <laughs> You're like, don't even, don't even dive into the address book. Put it on. <laughs> Growing up, my parents sent out Christmas cards every year and we got a bunch of Christmas cards every year. And I remember looking at them and seeing the new pictures of the family each year and watching the kids grow kind of through those Christmas card pictures. But now you almost see that on Facebook. So it's not like we haven't been watching their family grow throughout the year. We're able to keep up with them through Facebook. So I feel like it just has a different meaning from when I was growing up. Oh, that's a good point. Like you've kind of kept up with people's events mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So maybe the Christmas letter, if that's a special tradition for you, or if cards are a special tradition for you, like you get to pick, you get to decide to do that. But if it feels like a burden or if it feels like something that's actually not adding to your season, it's okay to say no. Another example of people saying no is if you said no to a live Christmas tree. Maybe it's too much work to go pick it up and then the maintenance to keep it and then taking it down and then the cleanup after Christmas is over. So that could be something that you've said no to and simplified your holidays with a artificial tree. So I said no to Christmas cards, at least, you know, for the time being. I also said no to really like any extensive decorating. I did get rid of a lot of my holiday decorations, but I still have, you know, a box or two full. There's one or two things that I put out that I really love. Actually, last year I took this necklace tree. It's like shaped like a tree, but it's actually for your necklaces. I took that and I put some of my favorite ornaments on it. And that, you know, that was enough. That was enough. I had just moved. I, yeah. I didn't want to unpack all of the ornaments. I didn't want to get a big tree. And I think I'm going to do that again this year. Like, I like having some ornaments out. I like having a, maybe a holiday scented candle. But I am really okay. I think maybe if I had kiddos, I would be more inclined to decorate or something. But even if you do have kiddos, you're also allowed to say no to decorating, you know? Right. Well, we see all those inspirational quotes. You get to create the life you want to live, and that goes for your Christmas, too. So whatever you want to do. You mean being intentional? Yeah, I guess that's the word. <laughs> intentional.
what are your top three things that you really would want to make sure that you do this year? We do love going to go pick out a tree and decorating that as a family. We put on Christmas music. The girls, they get a new ornament each year. So they go back through the ornaments of like, oh, I got this one when I was two. I got this one when I was three. So it's a whole afternoon of decorating the tree and going through old Christmas ornaments. So that's kind of a big tradition for us. Mm -hmm. Baking cookies. Another thing is we go on a drive and look at Christmas lights. We have a couple of fun neighborhoods that we go to. <laughs> Another one is, this kind of goes back to saying no to things. And I believe it was, you know, either my parents or my husband's parents that helped us come to this decision. We decided when we got married that we would only do one family for Christmas even though they're about an hour apart, so they're not too far away, but we don't visit multiple families home on Christmas. That makes it so much nicer. So one year we're at my husband's parents and the other year we're at my parents. You are able to sit back and enjoy this holiday instead of feeling like you're spending it on the road. So that's something that we've said no to and it's just, you know, understood. So Actually, the holidays look a little differently because one, we're at Dave's parents and we kind of do kind of what his family does. And one year we're at my parents. So each year does look a little different in how we celebrate it, but it definitely makes it a more calming time. That's a really good point. You Instead of spending that hour or two on the road right. trying to get to the next place and then trying to squeeze everything in, it's like, no, I'm going to make a choice. Mm -hmm. So we do Thanksgiving at one family's house. We don't try to house hop. Otherwise, it would just be too hard and too filling. Literally filling. That's right. The, the, double, the double pies. Uh -huh. <laughs> and now that we have three kids, we're so thankful. You know, it's hard enough trying to pack everybody up. <laughs> We've talked a lot about in these last two priorities and say no, a lot about making your own choices. And I know that during the holidays, sometimes there are things that you don't feel like you have a choice in. And now we're going to work on step three, kind of on the half twos, on the gift giving of, and I know sometimes you don't necessarily feel like you have much choice in that, but we're going to figure out a few ways that you can simplify your gift giving this year. So for your kids, one thing that comes to mind is what we do in my own family is each kid only gets one gift from us and then they get kind of little gift in their stocking, but they just get one main gift. And that way I'm not buying lots of multiple things for their Christmas presents. And their stocking is, you know, silly stuff that sometimes they need like a toothbrush. Maybe it's like a little pack of Shopkins or something like that. So it's super simple. I'm sure there's other ways that you can simplify your gift giving for kids. Like they give them something they want, something they need, and then something they could read. And so those are their like three gifts they give every year to their kids. And, you know, those could be any size, but it gives you that focus to kind of simplify it. I like that. The something they want, something they need, something to read. I like that. Yeah. I think it's easy to go really out of control on gifts. Right. And even if you have the budget for it, I think when you're an hour two or hour three of opening gifts, some of that excitement or that joy could be lost, you know? It's too much, right. And if you have extended families, you need to get gifts for every single person. One thing that we've done is a gift exchange where we trade names with our siblings. And so I'm only buying one gift for the extended family. And that makes it easy. Then you don't have multiple people that you're buying for. And you could extend that out to coworkers. If you guys do it at your office, it would be great if you guys could all agree on just not getting each other gifts. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so my kindergarten team, we pool and we do a little something for like the office staff. And then we do something for our custodial staff, you know, all the work that they do to keep our classrooms running. 
Then what we decided to do last year, which we loved, we decided to do a mug exchange. So everyone got a mug and we brought it to like one of our morning meetings and we did it kind of like a white elephant where you can switch. You can like, you know, take mugs like that that somebody opens and we had a whole little exchange and it was so fun because it was, you know, not super expensive. Everyone left with a cute new mug. And I think we're going to do that again this year. It, it really took out a lot of the stress. Yeah, that's great. That simplified it just by having it be the same thing for everybody. And who who doesn't want to buy a cute mug, really? <laughs> you can set up a gift exchange for your coworkers. I make cookies for everybody in Dave's office. You know, you could just bring lunch. However, you can simplify it for your coworkers instead of feeling like you have to give a thoughtful, personal gift to each person. Sometimes you can think of a great gift for someone. And then look on your list and say, who else would like this awesome gift that I thought of? And you can buy two or three of that same item if you're able to use it across multiple friends. I like that a lot. Yeah. Another way that my in-laws simplify Christmas gifts is they give food as Christmas gifts, which I totally love. And I know during the holidays, a lot of times people are overrun with food, but stuff that I would never buy for myself. Like I love this balsamic vinegar and they get it for us every year. Chocolate covered espresso beans. Just fun things. That's really nice cheese that they get us every year. So it's really enjoyable. So if you have a foodie or just somebody who likes to eat like myself, food can be a great gift and it doesn't have to be sweets. It could be like I know William and Sonoma has a couple fun kind of food items that I've given in the past. So food can be a simple gift. I like that. You talked a little bit about budget, Bethany. The best thing to do is just like we did your priorities, take a minute, list out all the people you have to buy gifts for. I mentioned in another podcast, I kind of have a running list of Christmas gift ideas on Amazon. There's places that you can make lists. I have a specific one for Christmas that I just put things in that list when I need to and I can kind of go back through it. So we have a freebie, a little fun printable for our listeners of a Christmas gift planning budget sheet. So it has a place for you to list names of people you need to give gifts for, a place for you to list out your ideas of what you can get for them, and the budget that you have, and then your total spent. I think I've talked about before that I'm a Dave Ramsey fan, so we're budgeting out Christmas ahead of time. So this is a way that you can organize your Christmas without feeling like you've gone overboard on your budget. I love that Dave Ramsey says, guess what, everyone? Right. We checked. Christmas this year is on December 25th. (laughs) Right. And he's like that. You know it's coming. There is a way to plan for it so that you're not like, oh my gosh, it's an emergency. It's here. It's Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes and you're able to download it and print it out and use it for yourself. I love it. Great. Okay. So step four. Just how we talked about organizing is a way you're just looking for ways to solve problems. We are going to do that same idea here with your Christmas, and we are going to call ourselves an efficiency expert. So all you're doing is you're going to look at your Christmas, and you're going to look for ways that you can just become a little bit more efficient during this busy time. It sounds intimidating, but it's not. It's really kind of fun. You're probably doing more efficient things than you even realize. Oh, really? So if you're making dishes ahead of time or prepping things ahead of time, using your freezer to kind of freeze meals for your busy time, that's definitely a way to work on your efficiency. There's a bunch of recipes for cinnamon rolls that you prep ahead of time, and then they just live in your freezer for weeks until you're ready to bake them in the morning. 
The other thing is doing a big batch of food. Like if you're making one meal, just double it, put that in the freezer for later, the crock pot, all those are examples of just using a little bit more efficient tactics. So what I encourage us all to do is look around for other ways that you can become an efficiency expert during this time. I like that. It could be super simple, like my mom does this, wrapping all the gifts with paper first. Then once everything is wrapped, you go back and you do all the bows on it at the same time. So this could sound silly to some of you, but the way this is efficient is that you get your wrapping equipment out and you wrap those. And then once that's all put away, you do your bows. Anytime you can batch something, like put it all together and do one. Think about when you're doing laundry. You don't do laundry when you have just a few items. You wait until you're able to batch it into a big load and then do it all at once and fold it all at once. Same type of idea. If you need to do Christmas shopping, one way is you could trade babysitting with another mom. Christmas is kind of a tough time. You can't afford to hire a babysitter just to go out and spend more money. I get that. You don't have any family close in time. You can't drop them off at their grandparents. I am in the same boat as you. So what I do or I'm going to do with another mom this year is we're going to trade babysitting. So I'm going to take her kid for three hours and she's going to take my kids for three hours so that we're able to get some tasks done without the little ones underfoot. I like that a lot. Yeah. Another way, if you're not trading babysitting, you can trade for an extra hand. I have another friend who we trade time with. We spend a morning working on a bunch of different cookies. And then these are the cookies that I give out to my husband's office. And she comes over and helps me do that. And in the past, she's hosted a big Christmas party for her work office. So I helped her the morning of and prepped the appetizers and kind of helped her plan that party and prep the food over at her house for that. So we just trade time, gives you an extra hand, and it's fun. If you have a friend that you're able to do that with, totally you are becoming an efficiency expert when you do that. So those are our four steps. Step one is to prioritize your most important items that you do during the season. Step two is to say no to those less important items of the holiday season. Step three is to simplify your gift giving as much as possible. Step four is to become an efficiency expert, figure out ways that you can batch, figure out ways that you can trade time with other people. The other item I forgot to say was to delegate. So what can you pass off to others? If you have your kids, make handmade cards to give out. Um, if you need to hire a house cleaner before a big party, just budget that in. And maybe this is a specific time where you just need that extra help. Okay, so <laughs> if you have some tips, please do let us know. We would love to hear what your plans are for the holidays and any tips that you use to simplify this busy time. You can reach us at hello at a to b podcast.com or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, A to B Podcast. Go to our show notes page to download your free Christmas gift planning guide and budget form. You can find our show notes at a to b podcast.com backslash 30. Thank you so much to those of you who have already subscribed and left a review. It really helps us get the word out to others about our podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribing is the best way to get the episodes automatically to your phone. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.